Hello. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining us. We are Nathaniel and Amy White with The Homemade Family. Sorry that I missed you guys last week, but Nathaniel did a great job on uh, talking about uh, what does love look like? So you can catch all of our old podcasts in case you have missed these. Hi, Zach Overcash here. Thank you for the likes. Um, you can catch all of our podcasts on anywhere podcasts are found and just search for Insight Now, The Homemade Family, and you'll find everything there. You can also watch them on our YouTube channel, search for Nathaniel and Amy White, The Homemade Family, or on our website at www.thehomemadefamily.com. Today's topic is, is it an, is it worth it to invest my life into my kids? <laughs> yeah. And we're asking and answering this question today um, because this was actually a question from one of our listeners. Um, and which, by the way, I will just throw that out as a plug that we love interacting with you guys and, uh, and knowing that we're really hitting the target of what you're hungry for, what's burning in your hearts. And, and, um, and if there's any way we can just more practically, uh, effectively serve you guys, we want to know that we, we want to be able to do that. So, um, if you have questions, if you have any of those kinds of things, um, send us a message, we'll, try to answer them uh, either we'll message with you or we'll answer them on here. Um, Cause if you're asking the question, chances are pretty good. There's plenty of other people who are asking the same question as well. And we felt like this, this question that a listener sent us today was uh, something that fit that description. So um, we had a listener who basically sent us this question, like, can you tell us what's the secret sauce that for you guys that you discovered so that you know it's worth the investment you put into your kids. Um, and that you enjoy it. <laughs> and that you enjoy it, right, yeah. And so a lot of this was coming, um, obviously not sharing a whole lot of the background. We're not trying to identify um, who asked the question or what, anything like that, but some of it was coming from a background where there'd been a, a lot of rough stuff that had happened in her household growing up and now, um, as a mom trying to, to work hard raising kids and there's some extra difficulties um, in her own situation with her own kids. Um, and then she went and had a conversation with her mom is like, I don't even understand why you work so hard to do all that you do for your kids. Like they're just going to grow up and leave your home anyway. Like, and it was this total deflating kind of moment. You can imagine like your own mom saying, I don't even know why you bother working so hard as a mom. But I think all of us as parents, honestly, have been here at some point on the really hard days. You right? know, when my kids were little, I mean, repeatedly, I asked myself, why am I at home doing all this? Like I could easily pay a daycare lady to watch my kids while I go off to work, which would be way easier than staying home and taking care of my kids all the time. Right. Because I, I just, so many times I just felt overwhelmed and like you're working 24 seven. I mean, parents, you don't get a break. You you're up in the middle of the night. You're up at whatever time they want to be up, you know, and, and you're on duty all of the time. And so I found myself asking this question on, Honestly, yeah. quite a bit like what tell me again why I'm doing this because really I feel like this like life could just be easier if I just you know sent them somewhere else so that I could go work and earn a bunch of money and then life would be easy right right yeah <laughs> and and definitely I think that that like I said we want to answer this question 
directly here for everybody because I think that it, this is a question that every parent at some point in their parenting journey, they ask themselves this, like, why am I bothering so hard, so so much? Why am I working so hard? Why am I, why am I doing all of this? Like, right. and so, so we just want to um, start off by giving some kind of bottom line reasons that act, that do directly answer the questions, and we could go deep into any one of these. Um, but what we're feeling for today really is that there, for a lot of us, at, when we're asking this question, there's probably. Um, something behind it that we don't realize is behind the asking of the question. And so we want to get to that. That's really the main course of today. But we want to just kind of warm up by answering the question a little bit more directly with just some quick hitting um, thoughts. So just one second. I just want to jump in before that. First of all, I, I, I feel sometimes like, you know what, I just talk when I talk and I don't think all the way through things like I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong to send your kids to daycare. I'm saying that that was the struggle that I had when all my kids were little. And honestly, I couldn't have gone to work because it would have been thousands of dollars in daycare costs anyway. I'm just saying that at some point, every parent at somewhere feels overwhelmed, even if you are sending your kids to daycare. I'm not saying that's a wrong choice. I'm just saying that that at some point, all of us have felt that question of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so reason number one, that it's worth it to invest all that you invest in your kids. Reason number one, because your kids are your most lasting legacy. They are the most honest reflection of your life's work. Um, Amy, when we were prepping notes today, she was talking about a time when she worked for her dad um, for a Christian newspaper company and her dad uh, hired a business consultant and your dad's, I wasn't clear, your dad said to the business consultant? No, the business consultant said, um, so my dad and mom owned a company and I was working for the company at the time. I was in my young 20s and, you know, as an outsider, I just saw, you know, my parents working and investing so much into this business. And I, I was kind of like, you know, is it even asking the question there, is it really worth it for how much time and energy and effort and stress and all of this? And the business consultant came in and he was talking with them and he said something really profound. He said, everybody longs for something that will outlast them. And that just shifted my perspective on everything that we were doing within the company and making that that investment worth it, because truly, I do think that's at the heart of every person is, you know what, we all want to make a mark in the world, we all want to make a difference in the world. And we all want something that outlasts us that we actually want to impact the world for good. I think that's just a natural born trait into into every person. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't want to add to the words of Jesus on this. I, so please don't take this at the weight of, well, Jesus said this and I'm equating it. I'm not equating it. I'm comparing it. Um, but Jesus said, uh, you know, like a man can gain the whole world, but loses soul. And I think that there's something similar. Again, I'm not equating the two. I mean, Jesus doesn't put them on the same level. Um, so I'm not doing that. I'm just comparing them. But I think there's something similar to you can gain the whole world, but lose your legacy. You can lose your family. You can lose your generations. You can lose your own household. Um, and, and so it's like, well, 
this this is just again we could go really deep into this and we're not going to today but the 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 simple answer reason number one for why it's worth the investment you make in your kids is because your kids will be your most lasting legacy um so reason number two is because your kids are are somewhere on, there's a funny story that'll come all around with us but um Reason number two is because your kids are somewhere on a spectrum of being a gift or a curse to everyone they will ever meet for the rest of their life. <laughs> like, like have you ever had the people in your life that like you love the the mom or you love the dad, you love the couple, but you never want to invite them over to your house because of the kids, you know, like we, we, you know, these people, you, you maybe are one of those people. And that's why you listen because you're like, what do we do? Because we're those people, no guilt. Like there's no guilt trip in this. It's good to be able to identify, Hey, this is where we're at and we're working to do something about it. That's awesome. Like we're encouraging you on your journey, wherever you're at. But, um, but the fact of the matter is your kids are going to be somewhere on that spectrum of being the gift or the curse. Like they're either the, like, there and and it is a spectrum but there are kids that as they go grade to grade through school the teachers hear and they're like oh yes i get this kid it's my turn finally and then there's kids that they they hear they're coming and get get they're going to get them next year and they're like oh no like and they dread the entire school year already because that kid's going to be in their class and that's a reflection on us as parents and it does help us see why it's worth the investments we make um, it's one of the ways that we show love, not only to ourselves, but to our kids and to the other people around the world who are going to be interacting with our kids someday is because we, we actually love, we love people, we love um, our kids and we want them to have healthy, whole, great relationships yeah. and to actually be a blessing to the world in the future. So, right. Well, and there's something of this too, that's tied both to them and to us in, um, the Psalms talks about how blessed is the man uh, who has lots of children, like who, who fills his quiver with them, like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior are, are the children of a man's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, like that you've got a bunch of these arrows in your quiver. And if you know anything about archery, you know, arrows are not just sticks with a pointy end. Like they've, they're straight. They're uh, the right kind of wood They're They've got the right kind of tip. They've got fletching on, on the, the feathers on the back. And they're like all of these things that go into shooting them straight and them actually being effective and fearsome in a battlefield or in hunting. It's like, um, so blessed is the man who fills his quiver with him. And it says he shall not be put to shame in the gate. And the gate was the place of business. It was the place of interacting with his peers and so you having children who are rocking awesome kids actually keeps you from being put to shame among your peers. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it benefits your kids. It benefits you. It benefits all the people who get to or have to interact with your kids, all of these things. Yep. So reason number one, because your kids are your most lasting legacy. Reason number two, because your kids are going to be a gift or a curse um, somewhere in that spectrum. Reason number three, because family is the foundational structure on which society is built. 
um, whatever strength or weakness, whatever wholeness or uh, or brokenness um, your children receive in your home, they're going to take that with them into their business or their school or their government. Um, Amy keeps a, a poster um, in our home that says the future of the world is in my classroom. And it's the same thing in our parenting, that our kids are the future of the world. And so, um, you know, the kids that we see in the world today don't just suddenly have a light bulb moment where all of a sudden they grow in the wisdom that the world needs in government or education or, or in church leadership or in you name wherever it may be. Like growing in wisdom is a process and that's what God designed childhood for was so that we grow in wisdom so that we arrive at adulthood ready to actually make a difference in the world and contribute in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. And I think just as, you know, as Christians are really ever all of us kind of have this, I think, again, ingrained in us, the Lord put it in us that we really want to leave the world better than we found it. We really do love the world. We really do want to see, you know, our nation prosper, our families prosper, our neighborhoods and the communities prospering. We want to see health and healthy things. And so it, one of the ways to do that is to actually create healthy people who go then and sow into the world in healthy ways. Not only are we good, healthy adults who are sowing into the world, we want we want other people to have that same right. gift and heart. And that's one of the ways that we live out the kingdom of God and the commission of the Lord in, in, in stewarding the things that have been given to us. Yeah. And, and a piece of this, this is probably bordering on, it's probably over the edge of, of going too deep into this. But one of the things that I talked about recently in one of my coffee with dads was, um, which by the way, you can find on my own Facebook page. I do it some, some mornings of the week. (laughs) Um, but, um, one of the things that I talked about recently was forget about changing the world. It's, it's like we just finished school at, and I see so many parents. It, it's just a time when a lot of people are saying things like, oh, on to the next stage of changing the world or ready for bigger and better things or whatever it is. And it's like we have this expectation that every single person is going to change the world. How? Like, how is that even possible that every single person is going to change the world that that literally isn't even possible um and even what does that mean what does it mean to change the world what change are you going to bring in the world and how are you going to bring that change and what steps are needed to make that happen and all of these kinds of things like it's such a nebulous thing but at the same time it's a burden of expected performance and And yet it's like, okay, well, what if we just forgot about trying to change the world and we just tried to make a difference in somebody's life today? Just somebody, just encourage them, just smile at them, just love on them, just get to know them, have a conversation with them, like make them feel seen, known, valued, heard, something along those lines. That's a lot more doable and practical. Where do you learn the skills to do that? In family, (laughs) where do you learn a value system to do those things? Where do you learn the internal strength and confidence? And like, I know I'm already seen and valued. I came from a home where I'm already seen and heard and valued and where I belong and where I'm confident and, and I know who I am. And so I come into this and I'm ready to see you and I'm ready to value you and I'm ready to make room for you because I'm already good. So Yes, Zach over cashier. So he's over on my Facebook page. He's not popping up here where we can share his stuff, but it says preach it, practicality. And so um, this is all just simply like, hey, 
if you do this and we do this and all the people that we can reach do this, that actually begins to make a change gradually in the grassroots of everybody just taking care of one person a day or whoever's in front of them or whatever you want to you want to say that way. But bottom line is family is the foundational structure on which society is built. Reason number three, um, just very simply, sorry, reason number four, very simply, because as Christians, we have a father, our heavenly father in heaven. He is parenting us. And it just makes sense then for us to pass that on, right? Yeah. And Zach's also saying, I, I dare say it will be a more influential change that way. For sure. This is, that was something that it's I said. It's a lasting change. It's a lasting change. Habit and culture that you carry right. and that culture influences culture. Yep. There, I mean, so good. you have a Billy Graham and he preaches to millions of people in his lifetime and sees hundreds of thousands or millions of people get saved. But all of those people needed somebody directly in their life to disciple them or it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. And I dare say the disciple maker had more of an influence on that person's life than Billy Graham did. And so, and Billy Graham himself, how many people did he actually have a direct relationship with where he could look them in the eye and say, Hey, I know your son just had surgery. How's he doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like to show that he cares, there's a whole huge difference between loving on somebody and preaching a sermon. Mm -hmm. So it's good. Anyway. Um, so most simply, number four, our father is parenting us, so we pass that on to our kids. And number five, um, because we treat them the way that we want to be treated. <laughs> so it, at some level, it even stops being about our kids and whether they're hard to work with, whether it's a burden, whether it's difficult. With like, It just it comes down to how would we want to be treated? It's really good. Okay, so those are some quick, simple answers, but this is kind of the meat of where we really wanted to go is <laughs> um, that... Tell me to be quick and simple. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like it's so easy for the, the, the devil or Satan to come and to whisper into our ears, you know what, you're missing out. And so we feel this like I'm missing out, I'm missing out, I'm missing out because my kids keep getting in the way or they're taking all this time or I've got all these things that I want to do that I can't do. And that creates this dissonance inside of us that then we begin to like resent our kids or, you know, ask the question, is this actually worth it? And yet many of us don't actually take the time to say I'm missing out on what, <laughs> right? The question is, what else really is there? You know, what else really is there that there's this lie that says that there is something else out there that can't be fulfilled within your home and your family. But the truth is God made life about connection and relationship. You know what, if, if, if all you do is work with machines or, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain this well, but, but like, if all you do is chase after money and business and you get to the end of your life, you're going to sit there and be like Abraham and say, I've gained all this wealth, all this prosperity, all this amazingness, but I don't have anyone to pass it on to. There's no one to carry the legacy. There's no one to keep going, you know? And so, which just to clarify, that is exactly what. Abraham came to God and said to him in Genesis 15, like, he's like, 
you promised me I'd have an, I'd have a son, I'd have nations coming from me and I don't have anybody even to pass on what I do have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, life is about relationship and connection. And when we feel like our kids or our family is getting in the way, I would highly suggest that we sit down and take the time to pray through this. Lord, what is it that I feel like they're getting in the way of, you know, begin to define those things out because you might actually find that they aren't getting in the way of those things, or maybe the why is, is some of that. And so it can, it can give you the peace to actually choose to invest here. Like we said, um, the question is, why is it worth investing in my kids? Because they're just going to grow up and leave anyway. <laughs> and so the the tr like, which is which was actually coming from and rooted in a lie that, you know, that, that they're just going to grow up and leave anyway, that they're going to grow up and leave anyway. Right. And yeah. so when we start to sit down and ask that question, like, what do I feel like I'm missing? Then that can help give us keys to bring peace and truth that will help us to invest in our family and see that as a worthwhile investment. Yeah. And I just want to go a little deeper into that and just that, that life really is in connection. And I, and I say it that way intentionally, that life is in connection, that human beings are really not all that different from a blade of grass or a branch on a tree where we have life flowing in us and to us as long as we stay in connection to the Lord first and foremost, um, but also to key people around us. And we can, um, I'll get, well, I'll just say it now, but like life is not about busyness. It's about connection and we can have a lot of activity that looks like life. We can have a lot going on. We can have a lot on our calendar. We can have a lot of people, but just like Proverbs says, it's like that it's better to have a friend who goes deep with you than to have, uh, than to be a, a companion to a thousand people is a very, very rough paraphrase of a proverb. But, um, it's better to have genuine connection with one person, one person who truly sees you, who truly knows you, who truly like is connected to you than to have an acquaintance level connection with tons of people. I'll tell you, the first time I began to understand this was when I was probably in junior high, not quite high school yet. And I had a teammate come into my gym, join my gymnastics team, for uh, one year. He lived in Minnesota for one year and he was on my team for one year. And in that time, like the Lord grabbed us and brought us deep. And he was the first person I told everything to uh, and vice versa. And it was like, there was, there was just never any fear. There was never any judgment. There was never any shame. Like it was just this beautiful, pure connection. And it awakened something inside of me that I was like, oh, this is friendship. This is life. And, and you know, I went through four years of high school and I thought I had a whole lot of friends. I got to my graduation open house and I had like eight people my age who actually showed up. And I began finding out I didn't really have very deep friendships. I had a lot of acquaintances. 
I got to my five-year reunion and there were two people and one of their spouses that Amy and I ended up hanging out with for the rest of the night. And other people came in and said hi. And then they went off and hung out with the people they had connection with. And it was just like, okay, life is about connection. It's not just about activity. It's not just about engagement. It's not just about um, busyness um, and doing stuff. And, and there's, it's really easy for us to think we're connecting with our kids or think we're connecting with people, but we're not. Yeah. And God really designed family to be a place of, of pure connection in covenant relationship that you can go deep where you're known and fully, you know, you're fully known and you can fully know, know each other where you can be vulnerable and be accepted. You know, a home is such a powerful place to have these deep and powerful relationships and the rest of the world and, and business and these other things are a place of, yes, they are places of connection and places of powerful influence, For but sure. it's never going to replace the power of what you get at home with that deep covenant relationship and deep covenant family. Zach is saying, can you talk a little about evaluating a balance of those connections where they may be deep, but one takes more than maybe someone living in similar season side by side. I'm not fully sure what exactly you're asking there, Zach. Um, but, um, like evaluating a balance of those connections. I, I think there's maybe two different places in this. One is, you know, if if you're finding the fulfillment in those deeper connections outside the home, that's where affairs happen. Like that's where um, the home starts getting broken. And we understand as soon as the home starts getting broken, like, oh my gosh, all these negative statistics come out of the broken home. Whereas the the safe and connected and healthy home it 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 lacks all of those other negative statistics like drug use or abuse or suicide rates or um whatever there's a lot of negative statistics that come with broken homes and particularly fatherless homes um but um i think the other side of that is maybe asking like hey there's sometimes where we're feeling really deeply connected with one of our kids and the others, maybe not as much. And I think there's a natural ebb and flow that kind of comes in seasons. We've got five kids. And so, you know, there are certain times where, you know what, I, I guys, I know I've stayed up late. I've allowed this kid to violate bedtime rules so that he can stay up with me a number of times lately but there's some stuff that I'm working through with him. There's some stuff that I'm needing to be more intentionally hands-on in this time. Or, hey, I know I've taken this child out to more breakfast dates than everybody else. I know it's imbalanced right now, but there's a reason. There's something that I'm trying to, to nurture and build up and help, help, him, help him with and fix. Um, so sometimes there's imbalances in that. And just, I think it's actually helpful and healthy for our kids to be able to recognize that there are different seasons of needs that it's not going to be all equal all the time, um, but there is going to be ebb and flow and they're all going to be on the good receiving end of that at some point in time. And then there's going to be others where, because they get a chance to love their siblings well, they can say, oh, this is their turn and I want that good for them. 
Um, so I don't know if that either of those answered your question on that. Um, I just wanted to kind of wrap up that, that point of, oh, good. He says there you hit it there. There you hit it there. Thanks. Yes, we're good. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's, a, it's trickier than it looks like to, to follow the live feedback. Um, but, um, I just want to wrap it up with a couple of little thoughts on that, you know, life is not about biz busyness, it's about connection and that life is in the connection. And why would we look for someplace outside of the home for that connection? Like, what do we think we're missing out on? Um, I think really at the, at the core of it, and I wish I had maybe a nicer way to say this or just a, a more comforting thing to say, but it's like, we want it to be easy and it just isn't always easy, but it's good. Oh my gosh, it's good. But vulnerability is not easy and trust where there's been hurt. It's not easy and owning your own junk and working through the mess. It's not always easy, but being responsible for it. Like, but, but the beauty you get for working through your stuff, for being honest about your mistakes, for apologizing and asking for forgiveness, for showing genuine repentance by working through the mess and, and improving and growing and, and making fewer and fewer of the same mistake. Um, not instantly being perfect, but growing in process. Um, and, and then as, you know, Jesus said, the one who's forgiven much loves much. And there is a beauty that comes in the imperfection of family and in being loved anyway. And in letting somebody see the junk, going through the junk together and loving each other anyway, not being permissive about it, still holding a high standard and saying, but saying, let's go through this together and I'm not leaving you and I'm not backing away from you and I'm not shutting off from you and I'm not walling off. Like, I'm yours and you're mine and we belong together and we're going to go through this together. Like there is something so beautiful in that, that it's good, even though it's hard and it's way worth it, which is the point and the answer to what we're talking about today. Um, and the, the last thing I just wanted to say was just giving you permission to slow down. Like, if, the busy, if you're finding yourself in a lot of busyness and not feeling the connection, just it's okay to slow down. Or there can be things like yesterday, Amy took Adonaiah shopping all day. Amy hates shopping. And Adonaiah is frustrating to shop with because she's really, really picky. It's like you can shop with her all day and come home with one shirt. And um, thankfully, yesterday was more successful than that. But... At the same time, you know, at one point I sent this text to Amy. I said, you know, what else do you want Adoniah to take with her from today besides clothes? You have a whole day one-on-one -on -one with your daughter. What do you want her to take with you to, from today besides clothes? And just having that mindset to be present with our family. So even in the midst of the busy and the even, running around and exactly. the doing the tasks and the things like that. Yep. yep. Even in the midst that can help us build the connection even in the midst of the busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to add, you know, one of the questions 
what the, the question that it accompanied, the main question was, what is that secret sauce that made it worth it for you guys? You know, and I think the secret sauce that we found is that there really is so much life and so much joy when you've done the work like Nathaniel was talking about to have that place of connection and intimacy and um, security and and comfort and just that knowing and being known. And um, so that really is the secret sauce is once you reach that place, you're like nothing else in the world really has as much draw as being home with my family and investing in this because I know that there is good and there's life and there's joy. And sometimes, I mean, our lives aren't perfect and we have definitely things that we're always, always working on, but we know that it's worth it because we've tasted that beautiful joy. Like the Lord says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, when you taste it, you're willing to work for it and to go after it. So yep. just wanted to add that to your piece. Yep. So that, I mean, that is our inspiration we want to leave you with that it, it isn't easy all the time. It's not hard all the time either. A lot of times but it's good. <laughs> making these good choices, it builds a momentum of making the good choices. And yes, sometimes it gets harder all of a sudden. You have to make the choice more intentionally afresh, but you keep going on in that direction. And, and the life that you begin to get through those connections becomes truly addictive. And you begin to step out of connection and it, blah, like there's no life there. And you realize how much, how much there is not life there. And you're like, it'll suck you right back into connection. And you realize it's worth it. There you so go. bless you guys. We think you're awesome. And uh, we're See cheering you, you on in all mm -hmm. your family endeavors. See you next week. Yeah.